0: help my DTC grow, strategies and quick wins that build up 8-figure DTC brands. How to maximize profitability and retention with subscriptions in e-commerce Matthew Holman is a seasoned marketer and problem solver. From graphic design to marketing and e-commerce, Matthew is skilled in understanding, target audiences and creating effective messages. He brings a unique problem-solving approach to his work with experience in marketing operations and shipping. Currently involved in projects like Essential Hub and Qpilot, Matthew develops effective branding and revolutionizes subscription management for merchants. From this episode you will get the answers for the following questions. What are the trade-offs between transparency and flexibility versus profitability and stability in a subscription-based business model? How can businesses determine the optimal subscription pricing for the target customers? What are some common pitfalls or challenges associated with implementing a subscription-based model, and how can businesses avoid or overcome them? And of course, I'm here to help your DTC brand grow, so I ask all my favorite questions at the end. Books to read, mistakes to avoid, quick growth tips, and tools to use. Now, let's get ready. What do you think? What are the trade-offs between transparency and flexibility versus profitability and stability in a subscription-based business model?
1: Yeah, I have a great example for you. Like right now, um, there are some brands, you know, there's this trade-off between notifications, right? So um, California in the US has passed a law requiring uh, subscription notification emails to go out before any subscription renews. I know there's similar laws and rules in, in Europe, but some brands don't like the churn they get when they send those emails. So they'll actually turn those off. So if you want to cancel your subscription, you have to reach out to the brand. So that's a really good example of that trade-off is that you get a higher retention and you get more stability, but you don't get as much transparency with customers related to like what's happening, what they can do. And it's, um, I think what's interesting about that is also you are losing out a little bit on an engagement opportunity. There's a lot of people that are just going to get your product and not think about it. And for those people, not sending them an email is probably isn't that big of a deal other than the legal ramifications. But for other people that are maybe open to upsells or other engagement opportunities, you're kind of missing out on that as well. So I think there's certainly a trade off there. Um, I also like equating it to like a gym membership. Um, gym memberships are, are notorious for being hard to cancel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So gyms like the stability of revenue, but um, you know it's not always a great user experience for people to kind of manage that kind of thing.
0: Yeah, it's interesting that you, you've mentioned the gym membership because uh, maybe uh, the pricing in January, it is really tempting to, to subscribe for a gym membership. And uh, I thought that it could be also tempting for, for a DTC brand to, to detour them to, to subscription model. But uh, how can these businesses determine optimal subscription pricing for their target customers?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. I think, I mean, there isn't necessarily a specific template or tried and true model. I, I will say that the mistake I see a lot of brands are is undervaluing their service by cutting pricing too much. Um, when any brands launching a subscription program, I always say like pump the brakes on offering too much of a discount. Do a little bit of a one first to test to see how things go. But what what often happens, and you know, you we were talking about so I have a SaaS product as well. So it's like our, our own business, you know, we sometimes get the lower plans or people that think something should be free are sucking up a lot of resources and they're not actually that profitable for us from a customer standpoint. It's the customers that want the higher tier that need the more features that need more of the things that are in the end, a lot more profitable for our own business and e-commerce is the same. It's, when you want to acquire customers that see a lot of value in the product and so don't sell yourself short by making the price small like make the price what is still great margins for your business and then invest in copy, messaging, demonstrating value, UGC, all the levers you have of explaining why this product is premium, what it does, right, the benefits, those types of things so that You can keep selling at a large margin Um, and then you always have discounts you can use after the fact to, you know, for a special this weekend or Black Friday sales or things like that to try to incentivize people that might have been sitting on the fence um, waiting to try your product. But you really want to go after customers that see the value. Those ones are the ones you can sell into and they're just more profitable over time.
0: Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned that uh, maybe there would be so much work to done uh, with subscription models for the change. and what could be the common pitfalls or or challenges associated with implementing a subscription based model and how can businesses avoid or overcome them?
1: The very first one that I see a lot is um, people wanted to overcomplicate it. So it's really easy now, especially with like Shopify stores to add up, add an app to your service and start selling some of your products on a subscription. And I think that's just a great way to start from a basic, seeing what what's gonna get picked up or not. Um, I, I think you need to have in place a few data collection methods right there. So you need to be tracking subscription conversions as events in GA, in Google Analytics, like you would um, one-time conversions. And then also having some kind of method in place to collect cancellation reasons. Um, I also like suggesting the idea of using um, post-purchase surveys, right? As part of your post-purchase survey process, you are asking questions related to subscriptions why did you subscribe or why didn't you subscribe, um, things like that. Um, so that's kind of like a basic. So the mistake I often see is brands, they make it more complicated than that. They start investing tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars to develop a really, really complex program because they see Dollar Shave Club doing that. Or they see other brand like you know Petco are, um, is doing these really, really fancy stuff. If you don't know, if you don't, if if those decisions aren't customer driven, you can end up wasting a lot of time and a lot of money doing that. So that's kind of like the the, the easiest way to start. I I do think there's so much innovation with different apps on Shopify um, and even with WooCommerce that it's it's a lot easier to like rolling out a great program from the beginning that that doesn't take a lot to get implemented.
0: What changes to the marketing strategy are required to effectively promote a subscription-based model? What do you think?
1: question I get is like, how do I optimize a page for subscriptions versus a page for one-time usage? And while there might be some instances where those can be different, I think actually great copy can sell both, but you want to go after the subscription business, right? So emphasizing the benefits of regular usage, right? So like if we're talking about stuff for endurance athletes, right? Like talking about how taking this product over time, I'm going to hit my PRs, I'm going to get stronger, I'm going to be training more, all these benefits I'm going to get, instead of just ordering it for a month and trying it, this is what your life looks like for the next few years if you're taking this product kind of thing. And so I think you can do that across the board with most products, right? Same thing with like pet food, something as simple as pet food, if you're talking about your product is healthier, sourced more responsibly, or you're, you're, you're emphasizing what what the life of your dog's gonna be like on this product um, or the convenience or use or price, whatever your different value propositions, there's gonna be a difference between somebody buying it once and somebody who's buying it every month, they're buying it every few weeks or whatever the frequency is. So you should be emphasizing copy and use cases for those types of users because they're one, gonna be more profitable and two, you, it works for everybody when you talk about how well the product performs over time.
0: Hmm. yeah there is a difference. The difference is uh, that you could measure the churn uh, with a subscription-based model. How to, how to reduce churn?
1: Yeah, I mean, some of the questions you asked already related to price. I think are a really good one. Like, for example, some of the, the biggest uh, for anybody, any retention specialist out there, it's fun to maybe spark this as a, as a conversation. But I think great retention is actually often an acquisition problem. Mm. So, for example, like in my SaaS business, you know, we churn the customers. We churn or are, aren't great fits for our business. The customers that stick around the longest are good fits. And so you have to kind of back into how do I get more of the good customers and how do I not worry so much about the bad fit customers? And so, and D C subscriptions are the same thing. It's like, okay, I'm churning people who maybe wanted the discount and are gone after one month, or they didn't try the product or they were just a passive user or something. There's lots of different reasons why people try it for a little bit, or maybe they only make it a couple of months, but when you get into like the reasons why it can be really important. So a good story for this is, um, a brand using our software is I Heart dogs and they sell pet food and a bunch of other things for pets. And they have this great mission where they donate a portion of all their sales, go to feeding shelter pets. So that's one of their mission, right? So they were running subscriptions for almost like two years, just kind of like that basic MVP we talked about earlier and not necessarily getting too fancy with it. And they are collecting churn reasons. And the number one churn for almost every physical good subscription on the planet has relates to like, is usually something along the lines of I have too much of it, Hmm. the common common thing, but the reasons why for every business are different. So I heart Dog started doing some research into talking to customers to figure out why, why do you have too much product? And the answer they uncovered was that people have different size pets. And so they weren't sure how much food they should be ordering. And over time they're like, making mistakes on trying to time or coordinate that. So what did iHeartDogs do? They went back to their product page and they redesigned it so that now you select based on the estimate size of your pet, of your dog, of your pet. And based on what size you pick, it recommends an amount and a frequency. And so just making that one change, their conversion rate on that page skyrocketed by like 40% and their retention did the same thing. Mm. So just improving the product page not only improved conversions, but it improved retention as well. Because now the number one reason why people were leaving was addressed at the very beginning. And so that's the kind of mentality you have to have with subscriptions is thinking, okay, it's not that so much that people are like running out the door. It's like, maybe what, what did they come into the room thinking they were gonna get in the first place? And if I can address those reasons, then they're less likely to wanna leave.
0: Uh, Do you need to follow this uh, through the whole customer journey, the whole process after the subscription to give these kind of value to the customer?
1: Yes, Hmm. absolutely. I mean, if you think about it, like just getting somebody on a subscription order, if if I have a $50 AOV and I just want somebody to buy every month and never think about it again, then maybe you don't worry about it too much. But, you know, if I have somebody who's doing a 50 AOV, like I'd like to get that to 60 or 65, right? Like, and so finding ways to talk to customers to understand what they want, what they need more of, right? Like all that information helps us understand how to craft a better subscription program and make those customers more profitable.
0: How could uh, pricing and packaging help to reduce churn?
1: Yeah, I think packaging is an interesting one just because, you know, that single point when the product shows up is often the like the initial purchase is is typically looked at as the biggest high for a customer when they're interacting with your brand. Next is when they get the product the first time. And subscriptions, it kind of like goes on, right? So that's an opportunity as a touch point for engagement. So not just the outside packaging and the brand experience and the unboxing, but, you know, are using inserts, are using gifts, are using other forms of engagement within that unboxing experience to remind somebody of like, you know, what they like, like I have a Dollar Shave Club subscription. And recently they sent me some shea butter to try shaving with. Mm. I didn't ask for it, but it was cool to get it right. And I'm like, all right, I'll try it. You know, I'll see how it works and see if I like it. And, and for them, it's, they like doing that makes me feel good, but it's also an upsell opportunity for me too. And so, and pricing is kind of like what we've been saying before is you, you want to find a, a price that's... I think you should always approach it from what's profitable for your business, right? If you can't afford to discount a program or if you can't afford the subscription program because of low margins, like then you shouldn't be doing it, right? So you need to be pricing um, in, in a way that works for your business and then start tinkering with... like I, Again, if if I can get a core group of customers that are going to stick around for a long time and be really profitable, but maybe a large part of them churn right away, I'm willing to take that as an experiment to see because I, I I know that overall, that group is going to make me more money than what I lost from customers churning.
0: And another aspect that uh, maybe fixed term subscriptions versus month to month subscriptions. What are the pros and cons of it?
1: Yeah, I think initially like fixed term can be there's a little more risk or fear from the consumer side mm-hmm. because they're like. so. For example, say the gym gym membership. If I feel like I can go in and cancel my gym membership every month, I'm going to be maybe more likely to try that out versus if I have to commit for a year, right? Um, so there's a risk there. But if we kind of come back to the this whole thing I've been saying about pricing, going after the right customers, like you're not necessarily if with fixed term, you don't want to be selling to people that just see like maybe they're not sure the value they're sitting on the fence. You want to dive into the people that do see the value and are willing to commit to whatever that fixed term is. And, you know, maybe you need a free trial or another way that's cheaper for you to offer people the ability to try something, but um, you you still want to tailor your program to go after that. So the month to month stuff is nice because people feel like they have more control. And so I think that you're going to have a higher volume of subscribers with that approach, but that doesn't mean that they're going to be more profitable. I think with fixed term subscriptions, you have the opportunity to like lock people in and then you can craft a more like determined program because you know. I'm not going to get somebody canceling month one because they have to be in it for three months. So they have to be in it for six months. So I'm going to work on making that first couple of months, like a great onboarding experience, right? And delivering value so that by the time month six or whatever, the fixed term rolls around, people are going to want to renew.
0: Are there any subscription terms that are, that could be interesting, uh, for, for the customer, but, uh, not in the top of our mind as a DTC owner that could maybe, uh, affect uh, customer behavior or retention rate i mean i mean maybe not just the terms uh like like month to month or or yearly subscription but other terms that subscription model could have
1: a good example of that is related to like say you're sending a notification a really common practice if you're doing text notifications is asking somebody if they want to pause skip or cancel so those are the common terms the problem is is that if you just come out and say do you want to pause skip or cancel you can. You're actually suggesting to the subconscious to pause skip or cancel right so yeah. and sometimes it's better to layer that in there a little bit like asking people to think about how much product you have or you know how how is it going or your order's coming up do you have 10 30 seconds for a quick survey and asking somebody how's it going what do you like how much is on hand do you need to make any changes to your order and if somebody says yes then you can give them the pause skipper cancel so that's that's one way um, that, to try to not necessarily directly suggest that someone should be s- skipping or canceling their order. The the other thing is, uh, I, I, I think it's kind of a joke, but I think it's a way people should be playing more with AI for something like this is, um, you know, everybody calls their program subscribe and save. And I, I mean, almost everybody, which I think is kind of silly, right? Like, when you have from a brand perspective the opportunity to be a little more creative. Um, a, a brand mm-hmm. that I love is Happy Campers Gluten Free Bread, and they call them bread scription. <laughs> so you get on a bread scription. So it's just, you know, from a brand perspective, if you invest just a little bit of time with your like what you're calling the program and maybe being fun, or depending again on how your brand approaches like marketing and your presentation. But the difference is that, that changes like how your whole messaging throughout the program goes, right? So like the bread scription one, for example, is like y- y- you have bread puns throughout like renewals and and whenever you're talking about like sending a newsletter and things like that. So it, it, it just makes it a little bit more interesting, a little more engaging. And as a marketer, it's actually sometimes easier to write like that because you have a direction or an angle that you're going for. And so I think more brands should be doing something like that where they're investing a little bit and making it special for their for their subscribers.
0: What do you think? What are the operational and logistical considerations for implementing a subscription model? So I, I know maybe it, it, it could be a steady flow of, of orders, but what are other considerations?
1: Yeah, I think the the two main considerations is is comes down to the way you're doing fulfillment. So if you're running subscription boxes, a subscription box company where you're prepping and you're kidding, um, a lot of those are, are done on a say a, a set schedule every month so it's like you know we do kidding week one and then we ship out the second tuesday of the month and we only ship out orders then or we only ship out orders twice a month because there's more prep involved in doing those um otherwise if depending on how you're doing fulfillment for one-time orders subscription orders uh, at least initially should come across the same way unless you're trying to change the uh like if you're trying to do a more special uh, unboxing experience or gifts or inserts with subscription orders, then you might have to change your fulfillment process for that because there's more involved from a kitting or a preparation standpoint. So it's thinking about that. I think any great, any good software that you're adding to your store is going to be able to handle how orders are put into your, um, your OMS for fulfillment. So that shouldn't be an issue as it, as it was in the past. The other big consideration is just if depending on what your software lets you do and what you're evaluating is like, how do I make changes? Because There's a lot of self-service options for customers, but you're still going to get emails and phone calls asking people, people asking for help. So is it easy for your team to go in and manage something, change something, what can be changed or not? So building out your policies around that is important too.
0: Another topic, uh, data and data analyzing, maybe it could differ from, from the original D2C perspective. What types of subscription related data and metrics are most important for businesses to track and analyze in your opinion?
1: If you're having one time products versus subscription products, you should be comparing conversion rates, um, looking at what people are like, if people are subscribing initially before they actually try the product or not. Like some brands, you know, know, customers might try subscriptions after trying the product twice, um, but you want to be looking at the data related to people that try the subscription initially so that you can kind of double down on that, right? Like understanding what brought that person there, what channel, what did they like or not like that made them want to subscribe initially. Another lot of data relates to churn, right? So, uh, you know, looking at your top three reasons for churn, reasons why customers say they're canceling. Not everyone will tell you that, but that's a good place to start. Um, You also want to be looking at your top involuntary churn reasons. So like orders out of stock, payment failures, uh, things like that. That you can address and there's a lot of approaches you can you can take to try to simplify that the other part of data is like i am not a big fan of the average length of subscription like average lifetime of subscription life cycle of Mm -hmm. subscriptions right because it's it's just an average and it's often skewed by like the initial month that big drop off versus a lot of customers maybe that are sticking around for a long time so i like looking things from a cohort standpoint so um and most software does do this to a point but starting to look to see like How does like month one, how many did I retain month two, like over, like say, um, you know, we're in February. So any, all my customers that subscribe in January, how many are left now in February, how many will be here in March? And so I can look at month by month as a cohort. And what that lets you do is it lets you start to identify big drop-off points. So month zero to month one is always going to be a big one, but when's the next one? When do things start to calm down? I guess is another way, like say month seven, we know things flatten out. So my thing is getting somebody to month seven. So I'm starting to identify where, how I can improve the experience or the messaging, gifts, discounts, whatever else I'm using as a tool to get people from month zero to month seven, because I know once they're on month seven, they're going to stick around for a long time.
0: If there is a problem with selling, which is the better model, subscription model or the original e-commerce model to find out what is the problem? Is subscription model could cover up some some basic stuff that uh, strategy is lacking or communication is lacking or or other stuff.
1: I'm not sure I've ever been asked that question before. Yeah. Uh, I just came up <laughs> with that I, I, now. It's a good one. <laughs> I, yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I have a couple of thoughts. First, selling one time in in many in some ways can be easier, and so sometimes I think it's it might be. you know, a subscription might be covering up other issues. You could, you could uncover quickly through selling just the one-time purchases, but I would, I would always counter and say, like, if there is a difference between the type of customer that buys your product one time and the customer that buys your product on a subscription, because that would be the, that would be the, what's causing a friction point, right? You, you might sell well on one time, but you don't do subscriptions or you sell well on a subscription. You don't sell good one time. I would want to go after the subscription customers, even at a smaller volume. Those are people that are more interested in a, a higher level of product engagement and potentially a brand engagement as well. Right? So if I'm solving a problem that somebody sees as effective over time, like that's, I can, I can do more marketing to find more of those types of customers. And those customers will ultimately be more profitable for me. You know, example of this is um, I really like a brand I like is Tenzo T. Um, if you go to their website, it's really hard to find a one-time product of their tea. It's basically a 100% subscription. The reason they're doing that is they're only going after subscribers because they're more profitable for them. And so they might be paying more to acquire customers, but they know they've got a great model in place and process in place for making them more profitable over time. Um, so if you can market to somebody who's going to stick around on and buy more from you, like that's the customer you want to go after.
0: Yeah, stick around and buy more so these would be the the finest customers for a subscription model are there any ways to identify them Uh, are there any other ways to identify those who wants to be on a subscription model maybe just announce that we are doing subscription and apply and who is applying they are the customers that we want
1: yeah, I think it comes down to more of like how you're how you how you're going to get information out of them, right? Like, so, you know, if you're doing even a simple way of like testing copy on product pages, testing offers on product pages for subscriptions, testing ads that are subscription focused, we just dropped a, a 99 subscription ad swipe file from a content standpoint to give examples of what different brands are doing to talk about their subscriptions. But that's why I like post-purchase upsells, customer interviews, any opportunity you can take to find more from the customer about and it's, it's about what they want what they expect from the product, right? Like, I, I think there's always going to be a disconnect, whether you're on one time or subscription or a service, whatever it is. As brands, we make assumptions about what our customers really want or what they really are getting out of the product. And if we're not actually talking to people about what makes the most thing, you know, for us, like at Qpilot, we've got all these different features, right? So we've done feature marketing where we talk about all these different cool things that we do that we know is different. What our, but when you talk to customers, you find out like it's these two things more than more than anything else that are the biggest thing, right? So, so that transforms our marketing, right? We talk more about flexibility because we know that our best customers care about flexibility, or and for their customers too. So, so that's the, kind of the approach you should be taking: is uncovering what people like or want, and then I'm going to start gearing more of my marketing to people like you know. Again, CBD is a great example; like it has a lot of different uses. So depending on what type of customers you're getting you can gear your marking towards people that want the sleep benefit or the muscle recovery benefit um or another good example is protein bars um uh, there's a business here in utah that's been doing this they're like healthy gut bars so they really want people that are healthy lifestyle outgoing people to buy them but what they've found has been really successful so far as people that have stomach issues and so like People that can eat something that's healthy, that isn't going to, that's actually going to help their stomach instead of hurt their stomach. Mm. So it's like you go back to the drawing board and maybe you focus a little bit more on that type of marketing. You're going after that type of customer because that's who's starting to see value and subscribe to your product.
0: Yeah. Are there any friction between the subscription-based model and and the traditional one that we need to focus on how to beat it? And do we need to change our mindset or restart our mindset to a subscription-based model?
1: There certainly should be a little bit of a reset. I think it it's, um, you know, I, I'm not a, I don't like operating out of fear about thinking about all the people we're going to lose. So the idea like that people churn, that try my product, subscribe to it and churn right away, like that can be a little upsetting, but I do think it requires a mindset shift to, I, I'm not so much worried about why the people left as I am worried about what made people stay. Like, what are they liking? What are they getting? What can I give more to them? Right? So, um, for the same example I use with that healthy gut protein bar. Okay. A lot of these people are sticking around. Why, what do they really get? What are they really getting out of this? Oh, wow. Now I have more product development opportunities here. You know, maybe these, instead of, uh, instead of developing the the outdoorsy camper. Nut snack I was going to develop. I'm going to develop more healthy gut stuff for this core customer group because they're already buying from me and they really like the value they're seeing. So I think that's part of it. And, and and a lot of brands are doing that regardless with one time or not. They're trying to understand their customers, what they're getting. I do think the difference with retention is it's really just about, I think great retention is going to start with great acquisition. So if you're once you understand better about how you're acquiring your customers, and this is for across the board, your retention becomes easier.
0: Maybe I will know the answer for this question, but uh, just think about it, that uh, if you want to write a book about subscription-based models, what would be the title of it?
1: Uh, yeah, I call it the subscription flywheel. It's something I talk a lot about. It's basically how acquisition feeds retention or retention feeds acquisition to drive a great subscription program.
0: Great. It It's a loop then.
1: Yep, absolutely. Yeah, like that dog that dog model I said earlier is a great example of it. You learn more from why people are leaving, get better at how you acquire them, and they feed back into each other over and over again.
0: Maybe it is it is the, the similarity between software as a service uh, company and a uh, based model e-commerce business that they need to have product features on and on and on. And, and last but not least, I want to give some seeds and nutrition for DTC brands to grow. These would be four quick questions, and then I want some quick answers from you. Okay. The first would be that what books or influencers would you recommend to read or follow as a DTC brand?
1: Oh, uh, yeah, specifically related to uh, subscriptions. Uh, you should sure. be following Chris George and the team over at Subta. Um, they're pretty fantastic. There's quite a few different DTC influencers. Um, that are doing great things out there,
0: uh, you yourself also <laughs> oh, yeah, follow sure. Matthew Horman and, <laughs> yeah. and subscribe to, to your subscription <laughs> newsletter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's great. Thanks, man. <laughs> You're welcome. Your <backup>. your <laughs> Second is what is the biggest mistake that DTC brands could make? The
0: single biggest one mistake?
1: Uh, margin. I think if you um, aren't building in the right margin into your products, then it makes everything not work. So. Um, if you if you can't price it in a way that's profitable for you and and you can acquire customers profitably, then you're making a mistake. Everything else falls apart. Yeah,
0: you you are the third person today who said this that <laughs> unit economics <laughs> as, as are really important. Yeah, <laughs> That's third is. Could you tell me your quick growth tip related to D two C brands or subscription?
1: Yeah, I'd say testing more on the product page related to copy and your offer is the biggest thing. And by offer, that's that can be price, but it also includes what else people get with it, right? If it, again, if it's a sleep supplement, am I getting a, a top sleep guide PDF? You know, there's other things you can add in there to make things more valuable, but that's what I would be testing regularly and doing all the time to scale.
0: Great. And last but not least, what tools would you recommend for a DTC brand to grow?
1: Yeah. The biggest thing is, uh, you know, there's quite a different subscription so- softwares out there. Um, I think there's a lot of them that are great. So just be careful about your particular use cases. Make sure that works the same way. You need to be using post-purchase surveys. I think there's still, it's undervalued the opportunity to personalize and communicate with customers. So even as a brand founder, like emailing or texting new customers directly yourself to get more information. So that's not even a tool. That's just a process. But depending on your business, there's lots of different tools you could be using, like from a pop-up. And I think it's really not about the tools so much as about how you're using them and what you're getting from them
0: you are you are the fourth person who are saying that (laughs) the process and not not the apps (laughs) are the important so yeah you are getting (laughs) somewhere great that's great Great. uh thank you uh matthew that you answered my call and give this tremendous amount of value for the listeners i appreciate it's been great Miklos. thank you And don't forget to try these tips today! For more seeds and nutrition stay tuned for the next episode!